Collider says BritBox has TV everyone should be watching. Stream acclaimed series with powerful performances from Jodie Whittaker, Tamara Lawrence, Bella Ramsey and Matthew McFadden. Discover new BritBox original series you won't find anywhere else. Like Three Little Birds, Agatha Christie's Murder is Easy and a new chapter of BAFTA winning drama, Time. Stream what the New York Times calls the best of British telly, only on BritBox. Start a free trial at BritBox.com. You ever meet someone who seems kind of off? Whether it's a creepy neighbor or random phone number that keeps calling you, Truthfinder has you covered. You can search for people by name, address, phone number, email, and more. Truthfinder can be especially helpful for running confidential background checks on anyone you're planning to meet from online dating apps. Go to truthfinder.com slash podcasts for a special offer. That's truthfinder.com slash podcasts to access your special offer today. Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and with me, as always, is a man that knows Rhode Island is neither a road nor an island. He is the captain. And a happy holidays to everybody in Roads Island. It's good to be seen, and it's good to see you. Thanks for listening, and thanks for telling a friend. Tonight we are drinking Christmas Ale by the jolly folks up at Great Lakes Brewing Company Garage Grade 4 out of 5 bottle caps. Christmas Ale will fill you with the spirit of the holidays with holiday spices. And Christmas Ale was brought to us by these 8 tiny reindeer. First up we have Katie in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. And if you don't like your Christmas bonus, you can Woonsocket. And a big happy holiday, we like your jib to Rachel and Berlin Game. California. And also a shout out to Elena in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I don't know if that's right, but we tried our best and that's all that matters. Next up, we have Erica in Beaverton, Oregon. Hey, Erica. Nice Beaverton. Here's a long distance cheers from Dominic in Lewisham, London. And last but not least, we have Reagan, Allie, and their father, Adam, all celebrating the holidays in the very beautiful Parts Unknown. So thanks to all of you. The fridge is full, and if you would like to buy the captain and myself a round... Wait, hold on real quick. The tree uh, lighting ceremony is it's going to be postponed because we tried to set uh, fireworks off inside the tree, and it didn't work out quite like planned. So if you smell kind of a piney fire smell, uh, you can blame that on the colonel. <laughs> and to buy us a round for next week's show... Go to TrueCrimeGarage.com and click on the donate button. All right, that's enough of the business. Everybody gather around, grab a chair. Grab your eggnog. And grab a beer and hand it to me. (laughs) Let's talk some true crime.
still here four years later. Every year as the day's approaching, I kind of dread it. An agonizing anniversary for family and friends of Eliza Sherman. I stand here and I feel sick knowing that she was murdered over here. It's horrible. It's it's terrible. But for her, you know, I you we get up and we come for her to East 12th and Hamilton Avenue in downtown Cleveland, where they've gathered each March 24th since that tragic day in 2013, when the loving mother and Cleveland Clinic nurse was brutally stabbed 11 times in broad daylight as she headed to meet her divorce attorney. The unidentified killer caught on this grainy surveillance video that best friend Jan Nash has repeatedly studied. It's so distressing to look at it. I keep looking at it thinking, who could that be? A $50,000 reward's being offered in the case. Cleveland Deputy Chief Ed Tomba says this type of attack says a lot. A knife, very personal, you know, um, nothing was taken, so we know it wasn't a robbery. Uh, she was down here for a reason. She was down here to see somebody. So, um, you know, it's very, uh, very personal. Police and prosecutors have never stopped searching for the suspect. Then last year, in a bizarre twist, Elisa's divorce attorney, Gregory Moore, was indicted and pled not guilty to several charges, including tampering with evidence and obstructing official business. It's being reviewed, looked at, and um, I cannot really give any other further comment with regards to the status. But rest assured, that case has not gone unnoticed in this office. Giving Aliza's loved ones, especially her children, Jen and Jason Sherman, reason for hope. This is the first year we've had actually nice weather. It's beautiful, so maybe it's a sign that this will be the year that we get justice. More than 600 people came to the Memorial Chapel in Cleveland Heights for Eliza Sherman's funeral services, which took place on March 28, 2013, just four days after she was killed in downtown Cleveland, Ohio. The large chapel was full that day. It was so full that they had filled the overflow rooms as well. Eliza's children, this is Josh, Jennifer, Jason, and Jeremy, they sat nearby her pine casket in an offset family visitation room. Mm -hmm. The children's significant others were there. They were present that day as well, as well as Eliza's three brothers. Sanford, Eliza's husband of 31 years, stayed to himself while he was present at the service and in the room with the rest of his family. He stood quietly in the back of the room, separated from them all. Many of the family members assisted with the eulogy. Jason spoke of his mother, Eliza, and how much she loved him and how much love she gave to Jason, his siblings, and her parents, saying all she wanted was for them to be happy, and she did everything in her power every day to be sure of that. Another family member asked the question, why do bad things happen to good people? And adding that there is no good answer to that, but one thing's for sure, Eliza was good people, but unfortunately that wasn't enough to prevent her tragic and cruel death at what would be the hands of a coward. Jennifer, Elisa's daughter spoke and her words may have been the most powerful. She called her mother, the special gift 
of her life. She said she could always count on her mother and how glad she was to be Aliza's daughter and best friend. Before the end of the eulogies, as the family prepared to finish the service, Josh, Aliza's firstborn, stood up. It is my understanding that he was not listed as a speaker that day. Mm -hmm. Josh stepped to the podium and said, quote, I feel like I'm in a nightmare right now. I feel like I'm going to wake up and it's going to be a bad dream. She was the best mother in the world. I wish I would have been closer with her. This is not right. And the way that she died is not right. I'm sick of hearing about these stories on the news. No one knows who did it. I'm going to say it right now. My father had nothing to fucking do with this. I'm saying it right now. She was the best mother in the world. And if I find out who did this, mm. I will take care of them myself. All right. So a couple things to unravel there, right? Mm-hmm. So he's, he's making statements that this is not right, but his father had nothing to do with it. So again, we have the father at the service, but he's kind of keeping his distance, which, you know, if he had nothing to do with it, then, you know, you got to feel bad for the guy because, you know, this is, uh, his wife, you know, his best friend for a long time. They, they had many kids together. They built a life together. And even though it was coming to an end, you know, he's in a situation where he is at, at this funeral, but everybody knows that their relationship was over. Their relationship was over, and I think, you know, we have to hone in on this. What Josh is saying is that not only was the relationship over, but it's being reported at this point that he could be, his father, Sanford, could be a suspect in the death of his mother. Right. And, you know, he's obviously very frustrated. Of course, when we lose people that we love, there are, there are just an array of feelings and emotions that we have to go through. Mm -hmm. And one of them certainly is always anger, whether the person was murdered or, or accidentally killed or something that you knew was going to happen terminally sick. There is anger that comes with that and a murder situation, of course, large amounts of anger, huge amounts of anger. And then to top that off, you have a loved one that, that, that is probably helping you grieve through this situation that is being accused of having committed that murder or being involved in that murder. Right. So I certainly get his anger. The thing that I struggle with here though, captain, and I know that there was some, there could be some trouble between Sanford and some of his children as well. And I know that they were going through a separation and I don't know what kind of person Sanford is. I don't know what kind of individual they are. He is, you know, especially when it comes, when you talk about men, you know, some men are not overly affectionate. Some, some men do not show their affection for others, even their children, right. uh, in public. Um, some men are just not built that way. I do question and I, and I personally, and I know everybody behaves differently, but in my personal opinion, I find Sanford's actions to be a little strange on the day of those services I understand that maybe he had some issues with Elise's family members. I, if the mother of my children, whether I liked her or, or didn't like her at all, right. If the mother of my children were taken 
from their children in this manner, I could do nothing but open my arms and, and, and hug them and hold them and talk to them and, and, and speak with them. So Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I personally, I find his, his actions on this day, this final goodbye to their mother, their, their wonderful mother. I find his actions a little off putting to me. Well, again, he might just be more of a stoic individual and maybe it's, you know, by being the rock that you're sometimes it's just, you know, maybe you can't hug people or be overly affectionate, but if you can be the pillar to show that, Hey, we'll be strong and we'll get through this. That's not a bad thing. All right. So let's give a little background here on Eliza and the Sherman family, because as it's plain to see, there are things going on within her home, within the Sherman family and around them that are going to be keys, possibly keys to this case. Eliza was the daughter of two survivors of the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. Her parents actually met and fell in love in a displaced persons camp. They moved to Cleveland, Ohio in the early 1950s. Growing up, Eliza was regarded as one of the prettiest girls in the neighborhood. Eliza attended Huron Road Nursing School. She also attended events with other Jewish students at nearby at a nearby campus. That's where she met a medical student named Samford. He was a bigger dude, as we described yesterday, described right. as a heavy set uh, person and six feet tall or taller with brown hair and brown eyes. His parents were also Holocaust survivors. Aliza and Sanford fell in love and they were married about two years later. This is in November of 1982. Mm-hmm. By the early 1990s, Aliza and Sanford had begun to fill their four bedroom home with children. Sanford at this point, Captain, he was running a very successful uh, practice. He was an ophthalmologist mm-hmm. and Aliza stopped working as a nurse once they started having children to raise the children. Right. They would go on to have a total of four, uh, Josh, Jennifer, Jason, and Jeremy. But the marriage certainly had its troubles. Aliza's brothers had nice things to say about Sanford, uh, but added he had two sides to him. Sanford was at times incredibly generous to friends and family. Sanford was known to invest thousands of dollars in stocks and day trading, but he liked to boast about his wealth. He, he's also described as a tough and mean individual, even with his own family at times. In 1999, the Sherman family of six, they moved into a 4,880 square foot, five bedroom home. That's pretty big, big home. Pretty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's very big, very big home. Jason, I think my house is like 400 square feet. You could put the garage in a corner of that home. Jason, one of the sons, recalled the how the in-house fighting mm-hmm. he experienced, saying that he has memories of when he was three years old, sitting on the carpet in the family room and covering his ears when his parents were fighting. The police were called to their house on numerous occasions throughout his childhood. Um, he says because of himself or one of his siblings calling the cops when the parents were fighting. Okay, but... There was no charges as far as like domestic violence or anything. I don't believe there was ever any charges, uh, but let's go, th- let's go through some of this, uh, some of these squabbles here. Okay. 
In 2004, um, everything seemed to take a turn for the worse. Sanford was 49 at this time. Mm -hmm. He unexpectedly retired from his practice, his very successful practice. According to, well, according to court records and depositions, Sanford's office assistant had quit and moved out after working 18 years on the job. Rather than hire a replacement and train them, he decided to simply close his practice. Aliza mm. at this time did, fishy. Well, yeah, I mean he he retired unexpectedly. He was very successful. He certainly had the money to retire. Um so, you know, who knows? Who knows how fishy that actually is. Aliza then returned to work as a nurse at the Cleveland Clinic in Beechwood. Meanwhile, Sanford spent weeks at a time at their summer home in Florida or sometimes in New York. Mm-hmm. This, again, according to court records and depositions. The family's disputes also continued. There was a police report filed December 12, 2004, stating that nine-year-old Jeremy Sherman called 911 because he was frightened when a fight erupted between his parents. Sanford told police the argument started between him and Eliza over the prizes. I guess they were playing holiday games, like family holiday games. Right. And they had set aside prizes for the winners. I don't understand the... F- I have a full right. understanding of the, of the actual argument that erupted to the point where the son, nine-year-old son, has to call the police. Yeah. Um, but... But it's aren't the holidays just the best times, right? Well, I guess Josh said that the the fight escalated when Jennifer joined in the argument. Mm. Jennifer's his older sister. She right. jumped in and she took a side, and it's obvious what side she took because she started swearing at her brothers as well as her father. At this point, Jeremy said that Josh, his uh, his other brother, threw a chair. Okay, <laughs> so it's like a WWE that's, Christmas party. That's some game of Scrabble right there, I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't I don't know what game they were playing, but they it was reported that they were playing games and it turned into this, this argument here. Now, uh, we said that Eliza had returned to work as a nurse. Um, less than a year later, this is in October of 2005, another fight broke out, this time... Uh, it's again between Aliza and Sanford in a statement filed with the police. Sanford reported that Aliza hit him mm. and was beating the television in Sanford's car with the, one of those handheld massager things. Mm-hmm. Um, in the same report, Aliza told police Sanford routinely called her names, threatened to leave her and withhold family finances from her. Right. So she got fed up with it. She's, Blew up. Uh, it sounds to me like there's m- multiple people in this house blowing up on occasion. So we clearly have two very intense people, right? Two probably pretty hard-headed people as well. Mm-hmm. Getting into it on a regular basis. These squabbles between them are escalating to the point where police are getting called. And everyone multiple knows. Times. Yeah. And everyone knows how much the police love showing up time and time again to the same home and dealing with the same married couple. Right. One thing I always wonder about these situations, Captain, is like, you know, calling the police, does that like set um, 
does that become a trending thing with inside the house? Like the, okay. So what I mean by that is the first time that the police are called by the children or by the mom or dad, right? Is that like a hard threshold to cross? And then the next time there's a fight that breaks out, it's not so tough to cross that threshold. And then the next time it's a little easier to the point where almost it becomes a routine thing and you don't need as much strife and you don't need as much anger and and shouting and potential violence just to call them. Uh, I've never called the cops, you know, with a fight with a significant other. Yeah. I've 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 never had the cops called to my house either. So I've always wondered that just because, you know, when you hear a lot of these stories, it seems like at some point it becomes almost a routine thing. Right. Like, Oh, you cross the line. Well, it's, it's similar to, uh, and I don't know if other people's marriages were like this or are like this, but you know, it's uh similar to when, at least when you're first married, you get in an argument with your spouse and <laughs> you have these moments where you take your ring off. Like that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, all oh, now we're arguing so much that I'm going to, I'm going to take my ring off and place it on the counter. So, you know, that the ring is on the counter. I don't even know what that's about, but, uh, but the point is, is that, yeah, I think with a lot of these arguments that we just keep escalating and then it becomes the norm. So their norm was we have big foot. Well, I'm, I'm sure they had more fights than just the ones that were called by the police. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there were a lot of smaller, right. you know, scaled arguments. And, and when we say fighting, fighting's a weird thing because to me, fighting can mean arguing as well, where, I, you know, I've said the word fight or fighting right, to right, people right. and they're like, immediately they're looking for a black eye yeah, on you somebody a black guy. Yeah. Right. Okay. Ooh, oh my God, you got in a fight, you know, but, right. but where I'm from, people commonly say fight and could refer to just a verbal altercation. Right. I normally say he just, he just bruised me with his words. (laughs) 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 I got a black eye of the heart. No. Yeah. So it, and again, when you have this many kids in your house and your kids are getting involved and they're throwing things, you know, it might paint a darker picture of this couple than actually is. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And you know, what's weird here is that that last fight in particular, the one from October, 2005, the thing that strikes me here is that, okay, so we have her words. Elisa's words are Sanford routinely called her names, threatened to leave her and withhold the fine, the family's finances from her. He sounds like a little bit of a douche. And I'm guessing that means withhold them from potentially the children as well. You'll see this often actually where, you know, husband goes to work. He is the breadwinner for a while. She's the stay at home mom. So then he keeps the finances in the dark a little bit. Like, this is my money, not your money. Or that's the carrot to dangle in front of in front of them if, yeah, if, if something goes bad or you don't get your way. Yeah. Um, but w- what and I, I and think I'm seeing here, go ahead. And I'm not saying that all men do this, but I've seen this in uh, multiple cases where I have a friend, for example, that might be a little too jealous and they have a kid and they kind of really push the issue to you stay home. And you take care of the kid. And it seems like this nice reward that they're giving their And their, then they're treated spouse. like a second-class citizen. Right. And, <laughs> and, they, and they, Right. Uh, I still remember this one argument between a friend. The wife wanted to take classes or something. And he's like, but you don't have any money for classes. 
And I thought, oh my God, like she stays at home and takes care of your kids. You're her money. You should be giving her money for these classes. Yeah, and you don't need to approve of what class. That's almost like, okay, bring bring it to me and ask me for approval or I could decline it. Right. It just, should just be. Well, and obviously, you know, if your wife is spending money all willy-nilly, then, you know, she's spending more than you make. Then there's Lock her some... in a box in the basement. But <laughs> no, Merry Christmas, Merry... everybody. Oh, man, I can't wait to read your holiday letters. It's a Colonel Christmas. <laughs> no, but uh, so I think. You know, it seems like maybe that he was using these as ways to control her. But then after he, you know, retired, this is after he retired. And he's, here's the thing. He's going to New York. He's going to Florida. And he, who knows how much money he's spending. And he's keeping that confidential because he, he, I don't think he wants somebody telling him what to do. Right. Well, and the other thing that I was getting at that I kind of see here, especially with that last argument where she's saying, she he's swearing at her, uh, calling her names, threatening to leave her. Right. Okay. So this is the vibe I get. Where and then then the report is she smacks him or hits him. Right. And then she takes this handheld massager, which is a deadly deadly weapon, especially okay. if you plug it in and turn it on. She's she's beating the TV in his car, according to Sanford, with this item. Right. Right. So what I'm seeing here is I'm seeing a horrible situation where we have this guy basically bullying, verbally bullying her. Right. And at some point she's saying, you know what, you're, I'm going to teach my kids, and this is the wrong way to teach them, but she's going to teach the kids that it's not okay for a husband to bully, verbally bully his right, wife. But, well, this, my gut feeling is that. You know, he, he's, he's hiding transactions because he's spending money on possibly other women. And I think these actions, her actions, beating stuff, you know, beating up a car, beating up TV. These are intense actions. To me, this is somebody that found out information that maybe he uh, is uh, going outside the marriage. Intense unless she, too, is an intense person as described as some of her, her family members, saying that they were both intense people. No, no, no. Yeah. I think they had some intense disagreements and things going on underneath the surface that maybe maybe some of the children were aware of, maybe they weren't. Right, but we got a 49-year-old that retired. It seems like he's going through a little bit of a midlife crisis, and he's spending weeks at a time in New York or Florida. You're going to try to tell me that he's not trying to get some? He's not trying to free Willie? The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Everyone is still talking about Monopoly Go for a good reason. It is an absolute hit. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Like countless crazy tournaments, you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Or timed events, offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums. Delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches. Unique playing pieces and so much more. The verdict is in. With Monopoly Go, there's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. 
Go download it now free on the App Store and Google Play. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, I highly recommend that you give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com garage today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash garage. This show is proudly sponsored by BetterHelp. Check out BetterHelp.com slash garage today. Do you want to set your child up for success? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out IXL Learning today. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. There's one site for all kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. Kids could use it at home on their computer or on an app on your phone or a tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything for you. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. I love recommending IXL learning. Kids can learn at home or on the go. And all my friends and family that are using it absolutely love it because it's so easy to set up and so easy to use. And even the kids that I've recommended it to their parents have told me, hey, Captain, thank you. I was having problems in math and my parents couldn't help me, but IXL could. Do you want to get your kids back on track or do you just want to get your kids ahead? Do so with IXL Learning. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com garage. Visit IXL.com garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Check out IXL.com garage today. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no-prep, no-mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Make your day delicious from breakfast to dessert. Stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. I am new to Factor, and I have been loving every minute of it. I have a problem. 
and it's called lunch. Some days I need a pack of lunch and some days I work from home. Whether I'm at home or whether I'm on the go, Factor is fueling my lunch from now on. Head to factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 and use code truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code truecrimegarage50 at factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right. Cheers, mates. Happy holidays to everybody. Happy holidays. At this point, Captain, we have Jennifer Sherman. She's the only daughter of Samford and Eliza Sherman. Mm-hmm. And she's going to start distancing herself from her father. She's furious at him for how he is treating her mother and how he handled himself throughout the divorce proceedings and further fractured their well, family. Well, not the proceedings, but the the talks, right? Because they're well, leading yeah, towards the... Yeah, you're right. I, I, I misspoke there. And, and what I meant to say is, and I think this is what her thoughts are as well, is that this, eventually there would be, you know, a separation that it was imminent. It was going to happen. Right. And I think that this was a long time coming. And I think that she's saying she's disappointed in him for how he handled himself during the course of that portion of their relationship as it was tapering off and how she believed that his actions were fracturing their immediate family. Yeah. But also too, when, when it's time to go, Hey, it's time to get a divorce, right? Mm Mm-hmm. There are some couples that actually can agree upon things, and it doesn't have to be this drag-out fight. Normally, once you get lawyers involved, then your lawyer is going to fight for stuff that maybe you don't even want. Mm -hmm. So the best thing you can do is, if you're both level-headed, that you can sit down and and come up with some kind of uh, agreement. But once you get those lawyers involved, and, and again... Yeah, I understand that the daughter is taking the mom's side. I get that. But some of this stuff, you know, divorce becomes a business transaction as well. So his lawyer might have been saying, look, you need to do these things to protect yourself because you don't want to have to go to Walmart and be a greeter or something. Yeah, and as far as, you know, 2011, as far as the Sherman family is concerned, it described by many close to them as disintegrating what a horrible word to have described your family a family of six and the older sherman family children as we had said they would they were starting to choose sides josh distanced himself from his mother taking his father's side jennifer as stated pulled away from sanford siding with her mother and in january it was january of 2011 when Eliza wrote an email This was to the then principal of where Jeremy was a sophomore in high school. She requested that Jeremy be allowed a pass fail grade for one of his classes rather than let his underperformance affect his grade point average. Mm. Her emails stressed that his academic struggles were due to the family problems within the household. In the email, she stated that she had been battling and struggling with a very controlling, hurtful spouse for many years. 
She wrote, it looks like divorce is imminent. It took me a long time to reach this point, tried to avoid it at all costs, but seeing how my oldest son turned into a reincarnate of his father, Hmm. I realized I have to free Jeremy from this environment. Nobody knows about the steps I need to take. So Eliza filed for divorce in June of 2011 of that same year, according to the Cuyahoga County court documents. And this is when she hired Joe Stafford of Stafford and Stafford at the advice of a longtime friend, old Stafford and Stafford Stafford, (laughs) all those guys Stafford and Stafford is regarded as one of Northeast Ohio's busiest law firms dealing with family law. It's because they have such a clever name. Stafford built a reputation for handling complex, high-profile divorce cases. The day after he received divorce papers from Aliza, Sanford filed for divorce as well. Aliza moved into the bedroom downstairs in the downstairs portion of their home. Neither Aliza nor Sanford wanted to leave the home out of fear of the court's um, seeing as it, that one of them had vacated the property. Right. Police reported visiting the home six times that year in 2011. One police report from July reveals an argument between Eliza and Sanford and Josh. Another from that same month shows Josh called 911 because he was convinced. Hang on to your, your, your seat, Captain. Okay. Josh called 911 because he was convinced Aliza stole losing lottery tickets and collectible coins out of his bedroom. (laughs) According to one of Aliza's brothers. Losing lottery tickets. Yeah. Okay. And according to one of Aliza's brothers, Josh, by that point, had basically disowned his mother. Okay. Let me, let me, if there's any children listening, there should not be any because this, this is an adult show. Yeah. Welcome to Adult Swim. Um, the thing here is, if you're a child, I love this. He called the police because his mother stole losing lottery tickets and collectible coins from his bedroom. Let me c- clue you in here, kids. First of all, that's not your bedroom. That's her bedroom. Right. And second of all, everything within the confines of those four walls, mm-hmm. those are hers too. Right. Everything, if your parent takes something from your pant pocket, your room, your basement, your garage, wherever... That is theirs. It's not yours. You can't steal from your children unless well, they're unless they're up unless they're eighteen no, or older and providing for themselves. But that's not technically true. I mean, well, cause you could you could buy something of of some value. I was just watching Freak, Freaks and Geeks. He bought that drum set, and his dad just sold it, and he wanted money for it because he bought it with his own money. But don't you think Josh is being silly here calling 911 no, on no. his mother? I'm just, right, well, so, because it's I get, lottery I get, tickets. I get, that you I get di- what you're saying. It's it's not every, I kind of made it in every situation right, kind of right. thing. Yeah. I, uh, this right. world isn't black and white. There's some gray, Colonel. There's a little gray, but it's not in Josh's bedroom <laughs> on a stack of losing lottery tickets. He's wrong here. I don't talk don't, about what's in his bedroom. Please don't call 911 on your mother. Well, but this is again. This is the this is the family standard. Yeah, you're right. See, right? that's so what I was getting at. Maybe they've broken that threshold to the point where it's like you just got to tell somebody. You got to tell on somebody. Yeah, the for- cops have actual things they need to do. So anytime you wonder why, oh, hey, why didn't they? Uh, why didn't they solve this crime over here or solve this murder? Well, it's because of 
shit like this. Right. Because you got some asshole kid that lives in this giant house going, my mom stole my losing lottery tickets. Well, first of all, why do you have lottery tickets to begin with? And why would you keep losing lottery tickets? Are you just that much of a loser? <laughs> like, hey, man, these are winners to me. Well, by the end of 2011, I guess Sanford, this seems a bit strange to me. At this point, he's seeking help from friends to persuade, to try to persuade Aliza to settle the divorce. Um, How's that strange to you? I guess it's not strange. It, I only say that because it seems like there's so much angst between the two of them going into this that, it, that for someone to have a level head and and come out with this, we should just settle this thing. We should just sit down like adults and like agree on things. I'm not seeing that type of behavior leading up to this. Well, point. but what he might be trying to get, he might not be saying, hey, I want her to agree to everything I want, or we should just sit down and talk this. He might say, my lawyer has talked to her lawyer. Her lawyer has talked to mine multiple times. Wherever we're at right now, let's just settle this. And, and like I said before, it's because of the lawyers. You get the lawyer involved, the more times you call them, the more money they charge you. You get a little retainer, right? Mm-hmm. Retainer. Once That money runs out real quick, and then they just start charging you an arm and a leg, and they don't care what it costs. And hey. No, no it, that's how they get paid. They right, and so it could be, oh, he has some collectible car that you don't even like, well, let's just argue about it Mm -hmm. because there's going to be a couple more phone calls. So maybe that's what he was trying to go, hey, we're wasting money. We're wasting money that our family has created, and we're wasting money that could be used children's college funds or on your next house or on my next house. We're wasting money on lawyer fees. Maybe that's what it was. Well, your way of thinking makes a lot of sense because it's about that same time that that Sanford's requesting that the court put a restraining order on all joint bank accounts attached to Aliza's name, including those that she held with her mother, uh, with, with Jason and with her daughter, Jennifer. Mm -hmm. Aliza grew concerned about this though, because she believed it direct, it directly influenced their children's financial stability. In January of 2012, Aliza sent herself an email at two in the morning, rambling and expressing her fears. She wrote, I am really afraid he is going to have me killed. Aliza put a deadbolt on her bedroom door and locked herself in her room each night. In an email to her attorney, Aliza wrote, I told you from the beginning, I needed your help to bring a bully down. I need to teach my sons that is not, it is not okay to threaten and terrorize women. Even if I come out broke, it will be worth it to give them this life lesson. Right. Assuming that they're going to get the lesson. That's the, that's the thing. Sometimes people go, I'm going to do this and I'll go broke proving this point. If they're not, if they don't receive the message, then you wasted your damn time. Yeah, because you could flash forward 20 years and that same kid that you were trying to teach a lesson is saying, well, if she would have just let it go, she couldn't just let it go. Right. And now we're all broke. Right. Or she's broke. Yeah. Right. And see what you did, you know, 
Now you need those losing lottery tickets. Right, to bail yourself To out. double, triple check them in case yeah. there's a, a free entry or a $2 winner. Hey, look, you won. You won being a loser. Well, uh, in March of 2012, Stafford's law license was suspended for one year after the Ohio Supreme Court. Stafford or Stafford? I don't, I'm uncertain as which to which Stafford, Stafford we're talking Stafford about. Stafford 1, Stafford 2. Yeah, but this was after the Ohio Supreme Court found that he had violated six of the state's rules of professional conduct uh, for judges and attorneys. In his absence, Aliza's case was given over to Stafford's senior associate, and this is Gregory Moore. But we still don't know which Stafford. (laughs) (laughs) But this, Captain, was not a good thing for Aliza. She told her brother Edward that the new attorney, Gregory Moore, he was often late for meetings and he was unresponsive to text messages and emails. Within the first six months, Moore filed several continuances on Aliza's case, pushing back the divorce proceedings because he was allegedly unprepared to appear in court. Yeah. I guess during this time, Aliza interviewed at least two other attorneys, two other lawyers to take her case. But apparently her case was too far along. Right. So, so no one could take the case. And unfortunately it sounds like Aliza was short on funds by this time as well. You know, she's already given a substantial amount of money to right. this Stafford and Stafford to take on her case with it being a high profile case you know, a law firm that's considered to taking on high profile cases. I'm guessing that was not a, a cheap retainer fee. Oh, well, not only the retainer fee, but they could charge you, you know, 150 bucks an hour or they charge you every time you call them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you call your, your lawyer two or three times. They're like, Hey, that's an extra 1500. What? What? And you this, didn't even do anything. This goes for other forms of contractors as well. Um, you know, but some of them will bill you, fifty. You know, every for every fifteen minutes of a phone call. Right. Um. There, there was a company. You know, when I I talked about many times that I've worked in property management for years. There was an architect that we worked with all the time, and this guy, he was a super nice guy. But of course, he should be super nice because he was getting paid like you wouldn't believe. Because right. if you called him with a question or you sent him an email. Regardless if it took him two minutes or 10 minutes, he would bill our company for 15 minutes of time for a simple email. Well, I, I bill people an hour. <laughs> and, and this guy, well, he's billing by the quarter hour. And then he would often schedule meeting after meeting after meeting, like unnecessary meetings. <laughs> so he could charge you for it. Oh, man, he kept showing up. I'm sure we, we were, we might have been his only client. He was so smart with how he was working these, uh, these bills. But by March of 2013, according to the court records, right. jo- Judge Rosemary Gold ordered that no That's more. A name. That is a name. Ordered no more continuances be granted in Aliza's case and that the trial would begin on March 26th. So just two days before their day in court, Gregory Moore, Aliza's attorney, sent Aliza a text message requesting that she meet him at his office downtown to discuss final preparations for their case. On her way there, 
Elisa spoke with her best friend on the phone. Elisa's friend said that Elisa sounded very optimistic. Yeah. But she was anxious. So optimistic, but anxious. And then, of course, we know that shortly after this phone call, Elisa was killed that evening, just two days before the court appearance. Thank you to everyone for checking out our series on this strange crime. And I tell you what, Captain, we are going to get into some suspects here very soon. It's going to get even stranger. Yeah, and there's a lot going on here. So we hope that you will continue to to join us here in the garage. And until episode three. Or Stanford and Stanford. Be good, be kind, and don't litter. Collider says BritBox has TV everyone should be watching. Stream acclaimed series with powerful performances from Jodie Whittaker, Tamara Lawrence, Bella Ramsey, and Matthew McFadden. Discover new BritBox original series you won't find anywhere else. Like Three Little Birds, Agatha Christie's Murder is Easy, and a new chapter of BAFTA-winning drama, Time. Stream what the New York Times calls the best of British telly, only on BritBox. Start a free trial at BritBox.com.